Hi, I'm Iman. And I'm Kurt. And this is Rebranding Mental Health. Hey, Iman. Well, hello, Kurt. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. I'm I'm just looking at you right now, and I'm really wishing that there would have been a way for you to figure out how to wear your hat over your wonderful headphones. (laughs) I wish there would have been, (laughs) but I just, I don't think it's going to (laughs) happen. Now, Kurt, I do want to point out the elephant in the room. I'm not even sure if our mics picked it up. But a little disturbance just happened, and, and it did. You seem to I apologize. Get, you seem to get really like a little upset about it, but it's okay. <laughs> my phone went off, <laughs> and I was really disappointed in myself that it did not occur to me to turn it off before we started recording. Yeah. You know, technology. These are all me. things that you know. We in life, we just have to deal with, and we just have to you know acknowledge and move on. It's That's right. A, it's okay. It's okay. So let's get back to the Halloween spirit. I yes. love it. Oh, it is my favorite holiday. I know. It is one of my favorite holidays as well. And I'm, I wish that every day was like Halloween. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We are talking about Halloween and just the psychology of Halloween, things that make up the aspects of Halloween, the characteristics and... For me, Halloween represents opportunity. Yes. Possibilities. Oh, I love that. That is, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, just a little statistics here that I thought you might think would be interesting is that did you know that projected spending for Halloween this year, 2020, is $10.6 Billion dollars. Billion with a B. <laughs> I like how you did your hands there. Again, <laughs> if we were rec- video recording this, you'd see. There, yeah, there was a little, uh, what's his name? I want to say Mike Myers, but isn't Mike Myers like the scary dude? Yeah. 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 But, the, you know, the um, I'm terrible with movie names. Oh, what is it? Um, uh, everybody right now knows what we're talking about except us. Yes. <laughs> Uh, One million dollars. Austin Powers. Thank you. Yes. Austin yes. Powers. It was, it was right there. It was right at yeah, the Yeah, my top. apologies yeah. for not recalling that quickly. But that's One just not my thing. One million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what you did with your fingers. Yes. Yeah, so uh, projected <laughs> Halloween costume spending in 2022 is $3.6 billion. This is a big industry. I know. I know. So we pulled up some uh, interesting numbers, um, the ones we're speaking of now, um, on a website called thewallethub.com. But they have this really cool 2022 infographic. If if those of you are not familiar with infographics, it's just a cool way to present information with graphics is pretty much how I would describe it in its simplicity. But um, there's some really cool numbers on here. We'll, we'll read you a few um, just because they're kind of interesting. So one aspect that I read that I thought was pretty funny was uh, 20% of people plan to put on costumes on pets and 86% of parents admit to stealing candy from their children. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not? Oh, but do we have to steal? Can't we just say, you know, or 
I don't know. It's just interesting how the brain rationalizes these things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, maybe I'm just helping my child, you know, by balancing oh. their intake. But again, if we're doing it behind their back, it just seems a little... Can't you just tell them you're taking it? Right, exactly. Oops, that was me. I took it. <laughs> <laughs> or at least take accountability for stealing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm calling myself out. I am currently stealing candy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I have another fun uh, statistic on here, which found that 56% of people would rather stay in a haunted house with friends for $10,000 than to go alone for $1 million. Wow. Well, you know, we are wired for community. And so, so that makes sense. However... Many people who know me would probably be blown away and may not even believe what I'm about to say. But I don't know. One million dollars sounded pretty good to me right now. I might I might try to be brave. Yeah. Just go yeah. without people to the haunted house. And I I'd probably have multiple panic attacks and all sorts of things. I may need to go to the hospital or or to jail. <laughs> I don't know what could happen. <laughs> hey, and let's remember it's 2022. So there's nothing to say that we can't use technology to our, you know, to our advantage. You know, why can't we have every light on in this haunted house? And why can't we be on video chat of some type with multiple <laughs> of our closest people? This is so true that, you know, I never <laughs> even thought about that. Brilliant, brilliant, Kurt. Just bring in your little FaceTime or duo or I don't know, whatever video chat service you're going to use and WhatsApp and go mm-hmm. ahead and just crank some really happy music and just, right, you know, or maybe, you know, sleep and then you don't <laughs> even have to worry about whatever creepy noises. You <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Sleep the whole time you're at the yeah, haunted house. If you can load up like on some chamomile tea or something. Oh yeah. That that's nice. That's a very natural way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to say other things because that just feels like not, it feels contrary to the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to say chamomile tea. You know what? That is amazing. I, I That shows a lot of like self-awareness, discipline, forward thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, so that was the, those were some of the fun facts. Yes. But. The topic um, that we just, you know, are coming back to here is just talking about the fun of Halloween, the psychology of Halloween. I mean, Halloween, Kurt was talking about this earlier, which I thought was really interesting. He said, you know, Halloween, regardless of what your belief systems are, because some people don't practice Halloween or or practice the holiday um, for you know, based on their own belief systems and what they believe Halloween and maybe, you know, what Halloween is rooted in, um, you know, some of the the origins of it. However, um, we can look at Halloween, you know, Kurt said, as therapeutic in, in some really interesting ways. And, and as I said, you know, it's a, it's maybe it's a, hol- um, a holiday that helps to represent the possibilities or the opportunities. So, it's how you look at it and how you approach it. But do you want to speak a little bit to that, Kurt, about what you meant by you thought Halloween could be therapeutic? Sure. Th- thank you. I think Halloween can be therapeutic in a couple of different ways. The first one that I, I really want to bring up is the way that it acts as sort of a 
mm, exposure therapy mm. almost. Really. Yeah, that's interesting. Can you speak a little bit to that for people who may not be familiar with exposure therapy? Sure. So exposure therapy is a therapy that is used to, well, as it says, to slowly expose you to a fear that you may have, but in a safe environment, in a very incremental approach, not where you're overwhelmed to the point of, you know, complete panic. And I think you can get that experience in Halloween. It allows you to process your fears, especially things that you know, our Halloween adjacent, like death, you mm-hmm. know, your own mortality. It allows you to explore some of those things in a safe environment without it having to be so overwhelming. You know? Yes, yes. And and we do that a couple of different ways, right? One of them can be through scary activities like horror movies or haunted houses. Um, you can almost kind of like, it takes the sting out of it, you know, like you can kind of make fun of it. You can lean into the idea of of death and, and all of these morbid things mm-hmm. um, without it completely taking you over and, and becoming a... A life-threatening scenario, I guess, right? <laughs> right. Well, I was just thinking about what you were saying earlier about exposure therapy. And in the therapeutic sense, we would, as therapists, create with a, with the client, we would create in collaboration a exposure ladder, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're referred to as many different things, but it's a gradual exposure. So you, I would create, if it were a younger client, I'd show them, or an older client, a picture of a ladder. And then we would, on the different rungs, beginning at the bottom, it would be the least amount of anxiety that would, would cause, you know, an action that you would take that would cause the least amount of anxiety. And then you'd go up. So when you said exposure, you could start doing scary activities such as horror movies, haunted houses. Those are pretty high up on my uh, rung. Now, I have done those but because there is kind of this excitement when it comes to getting afraid. And I think that speaks to the biology of our primitive brain, our, our limbic system, that's, a, that's key in really processing uh, our emotions. And that is the physiological response of fear and excitement really are not very different at all. In fact, they're pretty similar. It's, it's the same kind of heart beating fast, you know, perspiration, all of those kinds of things. So it's really more like the interpretation, the cognitive st- construct that you're putting to it, I'm afraid versus I'm excited. And so sometimes we make those suggestions to people who are experiencing fear and it's not a life or death situation of just kind of spinning it to an excitement. I'm just excited. I'm feeling excited and see, and see how that works. Isn't that amazing to think about it that way? It it is. And it totally tracks too, right? Like think about Halloween. Why, why do we watch horror movies? Mm-hmm. Why do we go to these haunted houses? It doesn't make sense rationally on the surface when mm-hmm. you think about it that way. Like why would I expose myself to fear? Why would I put myself in a situation to feel these really uncomfortable emotions? But it makes so much sense when you think about it in that way. We actually get excited. We get very excited when our favorite horror movies are coming on. You know, we get excited standing in line waiting to go into the haunted house. Well, like you said, how are you differentiating between those two? It's a very fine line. Well, I'm laughing because I just went to a haunted house over the weekend and I have very specific requirements when I go to haunted houses. I I cannot go in the front and I cannot go in the back. I usually am plastered 
up against the person who's in front of me. Um, so, you know, it's helpful if they're not a stranger. And then... <laughs> just, Help, just helpful, not required. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> for me, but I'm not sure what other people's boundaries are, you know. <laughs> when it comes about safety, I... I guess that's one way to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> but it just was so funny because as we're walking through and, you know, we're, we're scared my one of my best friends she, she's behind me and she's squeezing my hand and I'm holding out to her and she's like why do we do this why do we do this to ourselves and it's fun you know uh, it's uh, there is something humorous to me about being scared and this sounds kind of demented but I I talk with clients about having a mental toolbox so things for when you need to directly shift how you're feeling you've processed your emotions you you get it something like let's say someone hurt your feelings and you've been spinning it all day and, and now you just need to, you need to move from that. And so when we think about our thoughts, feelings, and our behaviors are all connected in a triangle, which, you know, the cognitive th- uh, behavior therapy has that triangle that they teach people about that connection. When we change one thing, it changes all of them. So sometimes, even though it sounds absurd and sounds difficult, we need to just directly change our feelings because you know, behaving or doing things differently isn't helping. We're trying to think our way out of it. It's not helping. And so this, this toolbox, so to speak, are things that you have that you know will help you change your feeling, like maybe music. One of my things is going to YouTube and either watching videos <laughs> where people get scared or they trip, you know, or they mm-hmm. like have a little fail or something. I, you know, I don't like the extreme ones where it looks very painful, but just yeah, a little trip on there, you know, oops, sl- slid <laughs> on some ice and I fell down. I didn't hit my head or a concussion or anything. Those, that's just funny to me. And it's just interesting what we find funny and also interesting that some of the things that we deem to be frightening, we also are get amusement out of. So isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Bizarre. It's, it's a fine line. And, you know, when they say that there's like this thin veil during Halloween, you know, I think that's true literally. Like there is this veil sort of between the scary and the humorous. Mm. It's a very, very thin line. Yeah, it really is. That's interesting. And I, I think that's one of the awesome things about Halloween is, is it is there's this duality to Halloween, right? Mm. Uh, you know, on the one hand, you have this very like child friendly holiday mm-hmm. um, and it's cute and there's costumes and there's cartoons and there's candy. And then the, on the other hand, you have this very adult theme, this very morbid theme. You mm. know, you're talking about death. Yeah. You know, and it's it's always kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, made me laugh just thinking about that because those things almost don't seem compatible and yet they coexist in this one holiday. Well, and it's also, that's a, that's a great point because I think it's also, as you're, as you were speaking, I was thinking back to my childhood and although there were cemeteries and skulls, I didn't really focus so much on the death part of Halloween. I and and again it there's his the history of Halloween all of that has has all of that in it but for me I focused on just naturally the things that I liked the things that made me feel good which was dressing up and getting candy and just that modern Halloween as you as I believe you you had indicated or stated earlier that it gives us that permission to have fun and do things that are out of the ordinary and I love that because I feel most of my life, you know, I just 
felt like I didn't always follow the conventions at times when maybe other people would have, like my parents would have been like, you know, can't you just do this? But <laughs> it, it, it allowed me to, to just feel like I could try on new things and, and do my, just be myself. And I think that that's what Halloween, why I associate it with the possibilities because you get permission to do that and no one cares. No one points at you and be like, oh, that's weird. Yes. There's no judgment. And could you imagine if every single day we could live in a world where we could try on new things to discover more awarenesses about ourselves? That self-actualization process is supported by others without judgment. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so true. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking it in and I'm processing. And you know what? It, it was one of those moments where silent, like there's just nothing to say because we just wanted to... S- revel in that a little bit yeah like just let it sink in for just a mm. minute think about that yeah and and i completely can relate to what everything that you had just said and i think that's one of the reasons i also love halloween so much as a kid it always felt like this is my time to be who i want to be without any kind of worrying about judgment or a kind of repercussion just being able to um, give yourself permission to yeah. to let out different parts of yourself that maybe you don't usually right and and see, again, I, I love that because it's not always about, I love wigs. You know, I started wearing them a lot when I was singing and, and performing. And then I just started to incorporate them sometimes in just my, you know, daily life. Like if I was going out, I was like, hey, I'll wear one of my wigs because I had so, so many of them. And it was interesting how I still, as an adult, a grown woman, I still struggled with how I was going to be perceived, even a lot of times some of the wigs I wear, people don't even know they're a wig. People who don't know me may, maybe don't even realize they are, but I did. And so I walked around with this perception of like how I was going to be judged. Even as we get older, this this is a very natural tendency for us to be aware of what other people think because we are wired to be part of a community. So we do have to have a certain level of awareness. However, it should not overly influence our decisions and in, in, in terms of what we're doing in life. And, and as long as we're not harming ourselves or anyone else, I mean, why not figure it out? We were talking earlier today about our costumes that we have on today and are they costumes or are they just, because that's a whole nother subject, right? About Halloween, about how sometimes we have to, people will say, well, what are you? And I, I just kind of threw on a bunch of things, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't really going for a specific person or character and I just thought that that was kind of interesting how do we have to be something specific right exactly and it's so funny just to let everybody know we both had that exact same experience because as I was walking in I had the exact same thought because the costume that I'd put on was also not of anything specific it was sort of just this collection of different things that that felt right for Halloween yeah exactly (laughs) and and we both kind of had the same realization at the same time of but does it have to be? Does it have to be anything specific or can it just be this is how we chose to kind of express ourselves today? Well, and that's what's interesting about our podcast and just some of our topics is they're so interconnected with all sorts of different things. And we weave this, I don't know, compilation of different thoughts and ideas. And what you're saying right now is 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 part of that is we're talking about Halloween, but we're also talking about just the practices of Halloween 
and and understanding that so much of what we know and what we do and what we believe also comes from our socialization, our programming, which is like media, just what are, what are people saying? And so often, every single year, as Halloween approaches, people say, what are you going to dress up like? Or what are you going to be? And I think that's more common, definitely when you're young. Mm-hmm. What, what are you going as? And again, that's why we think in that way, because that's what we've been taught to do. And that's just the right. norm. So it goes back to this idea of rebranding mental health. Why don't we go about it a different way? Why don't we not ask people what they're going to be? Why yeah. don't we, you know, why don't we just, who cares? Right. Yeah. Right. And and finding, I want to say, I guess therapy, really finding therapy, finding joy mm-hmm. in, in non-traditional ways, right? And that was one of the reasons that I wanted so badly to do an episode on Halloween because, uh, you know, at first glance, you kind of go, oh, is that not, is that not serious enough or is that not? in the right vein of, of what we're trying to accomplish here. But, you know, I would argue it absolutely 100% is because that's the whole point of this podcast is rebranding mental health, looking at new ways to look at, at mental health. And Halloween, I think, is a great way. It's a great lens to look through to examine mental health and maybe especially in a light way, in kind of a fun way and not have to have mental health. You know, I think that's one of the issues with mental health is it just feels like such a heavy topic, right? And it's, and it is, it is, it absolutely is, but not, doesn't always have to be that way. It can be fun. It can be sitting and goofing around and joking and laughing. That's part of mental health. It doesn't always have to be, okay, I have to sit and figure out my problems. What are my issues? What are the steps I need to take to fix this? It doesn't always have to be that heavy. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And, and and I apologize if I inserted like a, a tone that interrupted you, but I just, I really felt like what you're saying is is the essence of recognizing that we have to know where we've been so that we can understand where we are now and and a lot of that has to do with that disease model that mental health derived from it derived from a place of disease or of just myths about like you have demons who possess you you know which is kind of halloween related Instead of just looking at it as a whole person, looking at it as what about your nutrition and how does nutrition affect? That's a whole nother podcast. But, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, the the gut health and um, our emotional health are directly tied because guess what? It's all in the same body. So that's all right. This is this is great that we um, are able to come and understand together that, you know, on this lovely Halloween, one of my favorite holidays we can talk about how mental health today every day is important and rebranding it and and shifting our perspective is so important to see some real change in this industry so thank you for joining us again on rebranding mental health take care everybody bye-bye